It's Ben Fold's Fraggle Day! It's the Nerdist Podcast, episode number 258, and this is tremendously exciting. So, quick little backstory on what's going on. Uh, but if you go to the Nerdist channel right now, youtube.com slash Nerdist, uh, you will see the brand new Ben Fold's 5 video, Do It Anyway, produced by the Nerdist channel, and starring Ben Fold's 5 and Fraggles. So, real quick backstory on this. Uh, a few weeks ago, I had a meeting with Lisa Henson, who is the CEO of the Henson Company, and we we were just kind of talking about what we could do to get more involved uh, together on the channel. And she said, hey, you know, the 30th anniversary of the Fraggles is coming up next year. Do you want to do anything with the Fraggles? Uh, and I loudly gasped and, and kind of lurched for her like, I, I can do that. Like it was it kind of freaked me. I just never thought to ask. And uh, and I thought about it for a sec and I realized, oh, you know, Ben Folds 5 has a new album coming out and maybe they want to shoot a video and. I think Fraggles and Ben Folds feels like it. It feels like a good fit. So I I called Ben and he was really into the idea and uh, said, "Hey, what do you think about this track?" And sent the track for "Do It Anyway," and it just instantly clicked. I, I love this song so much. I, I seriously, I've heard this song probably a thousand times just in the making of this video over the last couple of weeks, and I still will turn it on and listen to it in my car. It, this song is so friggin' catchy. Uh, I mean, the song sounds like an old kind of Paul Williamsy piano riffy, upbeat, fraggly sort of a song. So it just it just all came together, and uh, within two weeks, we had made, made this video, and it was one of the most fun things I've ever been a part of in my life. I mean, to see the Fraggles jumping around on Ben's piano and and hanging out with the guys, and we got cameos from uh, Rob Corddry and Anna Kendrick, who were awesome, and I snuck myself into the video as well, because I could, and uh, it was, I mean, I honestly, of all the things I've done, this is way, way, way at the top of one of my favorite things ever. Uh, it just fills me with immense amounts of joy. So, uh, listen to this podcast. Uh, ben was great. There's a little bonus piece at the end with Red Fraggle. We talked to her for a few minutes, so I'll tack that on to the very end. And uh, here you go. Go over and uh, listen to the podcast and then go watch Do It Anyway on the Nerdist channel and then, and then click subscribe. I guarantee you uh, that this video will exponentially increase the joy in your day. And after that, then head over to iTunes or wherever your music retailer of choice is and pick up Ben Fold's five new album, The Sound of the Life of the Mind. It is their first album in like 12 years, and uh, it is phenomenal. So purchase it and enter oral deliciousness. Uh, I would also like to thank this uh, sponsor of the Nerds Podcast, Stamps.com. Um, guys. You need to mail things to people, probably because you're a, a, a I'm going to make stuff happen in the world kind of person, but it sucks to go to the post office. You don't have to anymore. You just sign up for stamps.com, then you can print out the exact postage you need. Everything from stamps to shipping labels, 24-7. That's literally any hour of any day. Uh, you'll never have to go to the post office. So if you go to stamps.com right now, you can use the promo code NERDISH. You're going to get a no-risk trial and a $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale and up to 55 bucks of free postage. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Nerdist. That's stamps.com and enter the promo code Nerdist. And now, mail yourself some awesomeness right here on the Nerdist Podcast, episode number 258 with Ben Folds. Talking about fraggles. Come on! So happy right now. This is the greatest thing ever. Ever! Now entering Nerdist.com.
we're in the fish lounge. Fish lounge. It's fish lounge. I think this is actually called the fish lounge. This is the, we're on the Henson lot. We're shooting um, Ben's video for Do It Anyway. And uh, this is the old A&M Records lot. And if you go through the shelves out front, you see like, we, there's a picture over there. We Are the World was recorded here. Joni Mitchell recorded here. Carol King's Tapestry was recorded in this building. But even before that, it was the uh, United Artists. Uh, yeah, 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 Charlie Chaplin, he did some stuff too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> before that was the ancient Greek baths. So. Yeah, it goes <laughs> way below the surface. Really far, far below. Before yeah. that uh, uh, was the dinosaur egg nest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's here. weird, it's just a good spot. Yep. Yeah, feels <laughs> right. <laughs> Not too far up the hill, but just nice enough. Good view. Before that, it was molten magma in an ammonia-rich atmosphere. They have a picture of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kenny Loggins is yeah. in the back. He can't get it out. Yeah. Danger zone! <laughs> it's actually how he caught it. The That's day. how he came up with it. Yeah, yeah the highway to yeah. danger zone. Uh, I, I shot a thing with... we shot I shot a video with Kenny Loggins where he... Uh, we go. It was the one that like the, they did with Jewel for Funny or Die, where they send him in disguise into a karaoke bar, and then he kind of sings his own song badly, and then like you know, and then the costume comes off, and it's like I'm really Kenny Loggins. How did he do on the bad part? Did he did he sing badly? Well, the problem is that his, how could he sing badly? His, his voice is so, so recognizable that it was very difficult. Like it's, even when he tried to sing it off key, it was almost like he. It was almost like his throat was auto tuned. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> So it was sort of, you know... That's a lot, that's some vanity you can put aside as an artist to like just do something you've done well, badly. Yeah. You know, on purpose and in front of Well, people. he knew he was going to come out and kill it again. And honestly, I... You know, when, when, he was, when he was saying like, oh, you know, I don't know, people might recognize me. I was like, are they really going to... Re-? And they fucking totally... Even, in, even in, like in disguise, people realized that it was Kenny Loggins. So he's had a major impact. Yeah. On our culture. But as soon as he busted out Danger Zone and like... I think he sang I'm All Right... Uh, and um, this is it. Oh, really? Yeah, I got to lean in for the Kerry Mike Mind. You make that joint. <laughs> like I got to do that with Kenny Loggins. That was a big moment for me. You ever Did played it? with Kenny Loggins? No, never. No. What about I'd Messina? No, I haven't <laughs> played with Anne Messina either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there anyone that you are th- like at some point you're like I really want to play with that guy or Anne lady? Oates. And Oates. Or And Rich. And Rich. (laughs) (laughs) And the Magnetic Zeros, they would be nice. I like the, uh, I I love Hall & Oates unironically. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing stuff. We were talking about Sarah Smile earlier. What a great song. There was that that period in the 70s of like, and there was Doobie Brothers and and Hall & Oates and, and... Simon and Garfunkel got into a little bit. There's just like a, a little bit of white funk, like when, mm-hmm. when white people like were like, "Let's try this funk business," you yeah. know, like there it was. It actually kind of worked out pretty well. Dancing, eh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, There's just such great melodies in that era. They almost can't go wrong. People crafted melodies so well in that particular era. Even stuff we make fun of now, I don't know why anyone would make fun of it. It's just so well done. I think it's just sort of like, oh, that that was popular music back then. We got to make fun of. It. But if you actually really listen to it, you you're break like, it Shit, down. This it's is really, really well. This is really yeah. good. Yeah. I think you just you had a system where it wasn't uh, it wasn't as easy to just go out and make like produce songs, and so there was I think sort of a Darwinian thing of mm-hmm. like, well, you have to be at least a certain level to be able to 
have a record produced and have it have it get put out. Well, I mean, even this this place, I mean, Herb Alpert, A and M. I mean, he's an amazing musician, and he happened to own the record company in the studio as yeah. well. I mean, that's not really the way it works these days. You know, everyone doesn't know how it's done inside the system, and it's just a different system. But it certainly sets a standard that's that's very musical. If your if your record head is actually a great musician. I think when you when you kind of look at who like the hands that this studio has passed through, it's kind of interesting that this specific place has been owned by like artist-driven studios, like United Artists and A uh, and M. Oh, yeah. I almost said Texas A and M. Yeah, A yeah. and M. Texas Instruments. Texas here. Instruments. Yeah. Ti. <laughs> and then and then Henson. Like there's all very strong artist yeah. point of view driven driven uh, industries. That's why it feels good in here. It really does. It does have it a nice really vibe. Good. It really has a nice vibe. And see, you, we had you on the podcast a year, almost a year ago now. Wow. It's been yeah. You shit me. That was, was a year ago. October of eleven. Wow, oh, man. 2011? 2011. It's going faster and faster. By the way, I did. I, there was a moment where you you went over we podcast and you over and sat at the piano and then our girlfriends were in the room and that was the only people that were in the studio, and then you started playing songs and for a second I thought Ben's gonna stop playing and be like you just tricked me into giving you a private concert yeah. <laughs> and we all felt like we had cheated you in some way. I'm your private dancer. <laughs> <laughs> But seriously, could you play Private Dancer? Yeah. That'd be really Hell great. Yeah. Could you play Private Dancer. Any key, you name it. Man. But it was such a it was such a wonderful uh, it was such a fun podcast and, and really resonated with a lot of people and uh, and we talked then about you know Joan Joan was like I know you're working on new Benfolds Five record. Oh, and I played some stuff and actually one of those one of those made it onto the record. Really? Yeah, I had a little chord progression at the time and then it's the first song on the record. What's what's it called? It's called Erase Me. Okay. So we heard it first on the podcast for sure because I had just popped into my mind a few days before. How has the writing process been for you? You kind of you slide into a different mindset with Ben Folds Five because it's a slightly different point of view. It's you know in a way it's because it's it's a different audience. Uh, you know when I bring in stuff, Robert and Darren react to my ideas in a different way, and when they start playing it. Different things pop than than would pop in other situations, so yeah. that that gives us a style right off the bat because certain things. So it's like it's like editing. It's almost like without discussing it, I might bring something in and go, "Hey, this idea, da, da. Ah, okay, no, never mind that one." And then you move <laughs> something else because they're just standing there going, "Yeah, what else you got for me? <laughs> what else you got in your bag of music tricks, piano boy?" Yeah, that's not good enough. They're a tough room. No, it's just that. that that we, 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 I don't know, we just, we just, the song selection, the form, all those things really kind of take a different shape. And certain songs I bring in that I think may, may sound one way end up sounding another. And those guys are both total artists. So, how's it, what's, what's the recording process? You, you were telling, you, you were telling a, a story before you said you were, you were writing until the last day that you were recording. Yeah, I do that. I just, it's horrible. I'm, I'm a horrible procrastinator. But sometimes I'm trying to fool myself into working quickly mm -hmm. because I have a tendency, I, maybe everyone does this, but I have a tendency to wanna, want to overwork material. I go back to it, I go back to it, or revise, or revise. At some point, you really do have to let go of it and let it go. And uh, in this case, there was one song that's the last song on the record, and I really didn't want it I wanted it to have, um, I just wanted to have a really basic uh, uh, message and, and, and feel, and I didn't want to consider it too much. So 
we recorded the tracks. They were actually mixed and in place on the very last night of, of, uh, of the mixing sessions before we went out to do our first gigs. Wrote the lyrics in the parking lot. Like I kept on having to hold my iPhone up to the to the page <laughs> to see if what I had written was like all on the same lines. And and then I took it in, sang it a couple times, and left. Oh my god! And then and Joe mixed it while we were out doing the thing, and I was like, "Sounds good." Wow. And then you said you went to Chicago to start playing the songs from that record. The next day, yeah, our very first gigs uh, in, in in years started then. So we crawled on the bus and. Well, we've always done that. Like, I was writing songs in the mix uh, on our second record onward. Oh, wow. I've always done that. Just, and there's a certain kind of song or verse or something. I just, I feel the need to leave the pressure so that I know that I'm, okay, this is rubber meets the road. This is going to get pressed and sent out there. What do I want to say? Not mm-hmm. what do I think I want. It's like, this, the shit's on. Like, say it. And I think that's, that's healthy for me. So. It's also, it's also it can be a good way to work because... You, if if you do that, you have no time to second guess yourself. Right. It's like, well, this is it, so yeah. I can't go back and forth. It feels dangerous, and it gives me a certain kind of artistic buzz for a second to know that it's, it's going out there. It also might, I think, it also might provide a little bit of like the energy of the music might almost feel a little spontaneous that way. Yes, because you just thought of it. You just thought of it, even if the track will be the way we did this record was all the tracks were super spontaneous. We took the most dangerous takes, had no idea what the songs would be called or anything. They just all had like song in E flat and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then that kind of dangerous sounding rhythm section, then we took that and organized basic like vocal orchestration was not basic at all orchestration of the vocals over it that's very considered and, and well done and it kind of ties it in and makes it all sound much more like it was on purpose because yeah. you take the vocals off and sometimes it's like whoa where's it going and I like that energy because it's got the dangerous thing but it's also got like a, a considered orchestration I think that's the first time we've pulled that off like to me it's the first time we've pulled it off as a band does it feel you know now that you've because I think was it uh, does your your kids actually never even met Darren and Robert before. I know. Because you yeah. guys haven't played together for like, what, 13 years or something? Yeah, my kids are 13. We broke up right as as, uh, as my kids were born, which was part of it. I mean, a new, new you know, change of life and stuff for me. But Louie and Gracie were born months before the band broke up. And then I lived in Australia for that. The guys were elsewhere. So, um, you know, but so they haven't met them. And to the kids, Louie and Gracie, Robert and Darren are kind of legendary. So they're going to meet them soon, which is it's quite, oh, wow. quite bizarre. Yeah. Does it feel uh, when you guys got back together and started working again? Did it did it immediately feel familiar? Like, oh yeah, write this, or was there a, a you know I've grown as an artist and let we have a new dynamic now? Both, huge. Like both of those things, like at the same time, and that was really really cool. The chemistry was immediate. Everything sounded just like us, except it was us now. Mm-hmm. So and, and and we're always were excited about what we'd never done before. Even if that's subtle to someone else, for us, it's like, oh, we haven't done that. That sounds like... I mean, sometimes we think we're making something that sounds like... I don't know. We think, wow, this is our Doobie Brothers track. Right. Or this is our 80s track, or God, this sounds like this. But when we listen to it in perspective, it just sounds like us. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. But just at different points, like, do you think it sounds like, this is a more mature version of us, or just or just different? Just different. The thing about maturity in, in, in rock and roll music is when you make your first record... You don't really know what's going to come out of the speakers. There's a real excitement to what is this, and then you hear it. After that, people are like, well, that's the young version of you. Mm-hmm. And if you were to copy that young version of you, then you would sound youth- youthful again. But in fact, when you won't because you're reliving something. You sound youthful when you 
do something you've never done before. And you, if you sound old, then you're sounding young. That's really what it is to me. So this maturity thing we've got going on is so new and scary to us that it all sounds kind of young. Did it give you new perspective on what you guys did before? Like, oh, I guess we did that. Like, what, what, what do you when you when you look at the old ben, older Ben Folds Five stuff now? Like, what is it that you see that like what do you how do you define it? There was more competition before. Like, we were more competitive with one another, I believe. And I don't think that was a bad thing. It added to a certain kind of energy. But like now, if I hear Robert going for something, I know that people love to hear what he plays on the bass. And no longer would I think that, well, maybe I need to get in there or, or, or step on him. <laughs> I didn't think that before, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't as considerate. Now... I, I lift fingers. Like, I can feel where he's going. I know what he's doing, and I lift fingers so that he's got a pocket to sit in. Oh, really cool. And as a result now, he partially that's one of the reasons that he sounds bigger, but also because he's become a better player since then. Yeah. And the same with him. And Like, we always know, like, there's this one song. Well, let's do it anyway. It's mm-hmm. the one we filmed the video to. Like, the bass player sometimes leaves the stage because he becomes the guitarist. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I guess I got to fill in. So I become the bass player. But then on that song, the bass player is now the pianist, and the pianist and the pianist has gone out to get a beer. He's up here. So there's no bass player. So Darren started playing the bass drum harder, and now we've got a bass guitarist and the bass drum. So it's uh, when I was listening to that dynamic in the song while we were filming, I was noticing that. I was noticing the bass disappeared, my left hand disappeared, and then the bass drum started kicking harder. We... Uh, uh just for people listening to the show who, who don't know, we're, we're actually making the video, uh, we're producing this video for, for you guys with uh, the Fraggles. And just, I don't know if I ever really, it's not it's not a super exciting story. I mean, like nothing, but we had a meeting with uh, the Henson Company, who's our channel partner. A meeting, this is getting exciting. A me- there was a meeting. There was a conference <laughs> call before the meeting? There, let me tell you about the minutes. You guys <sighs> connect over email? We connected over email, yeah. some assistants were involved, we set up a meeting time and a place, and we all showed up appropriately. Holy shit. Um, Are you shitting me? Thanks for listening to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and so uh, so I had this I had this meeting with Lisa Henson and then uh, Nicole Goldman, uh, from from who also works, who's been with Henson forever, and they're our partner on the Nerdist channel, and so we just started talking about like more ways we could do stuff together, and they go, you know, next year is the 30th, 30th anniversary of Fraggle Rock. Is there, is there anything you guys want to do with the Fraggles? And we we're like, and I was like, that, that's an option. We could do stuff with Fraggles. I said we should do a music video with the Fraggles, and then I just instantly, you were the first person. I was like, oh my god, Ben's got a new album. Maybe Ben, I could see Ben in Fraggles. Oh, that's so cool. And so I emailed you and and your manager Alan, and I pitched it to Alan. And he was like, I'm I'm going to be cautiously optimistic. I really love this idea, but obviously I can't speak for Ben. And then later that day, he called me. He was like. Okay, Ben is away, and you know we're gonna do this. And he sent me the track for "Do It Anyway," and he goes, "What do you think of this?" Within ten seconds, that song was like, "Yes, this is this feels." And with the with the bass riff, it feel and your piano rolls like it feels like a, a Fraggle song. No, and it, it, I would have never ever in a million years thought of that for the video. And it's actually last night after we were filming, I went to bed and I was thinking, this makes the song better. it does it's like it brings out something in the song that now feels done and classic and it has a more of a positive spin than 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 i even knew and it's really cool well yesterday you were saying that one of the things that you that you thought worked about this song and the the fraggles you're like you know so many songs have a real center of of darkness yeah most rock songs kind of have that somewhere and 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 we all want to accentuate that because it's cool you know like that 
dark's cool. But yeah. there's something really amazing about accentuating the, 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 the positive and the happy in this. And then, and then that's in there. There's a little story in, 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 in the bottom of it that if you listen to, it's not, it's not actually completely all happy. But the whole thing it has an optimistic spin to it. But it just made it seem classic to me all of a sudden. I've never done a video where in the middle of shooting the video I thought this might improve the song. Oh, wow. It's usually the other way around. It's like, well, I didn't fuck it up too bad. <laughs> well, this... The scantily clad chick that was pouting and pulling the curtains down, that was pretty cool. <laughs> but other than that, other than that. It, it, it really is... Uh, I mean, it's, it's hard to describe... But I'm sure I'm sure people can have some. Kind, well, no, you just have to see it. But as soon as you see you see the fraggles, and then the puppets go up, the fraggles go up, and they just come to life, yeah. and it really hits you on this weird level, where you're like, I can't. It's it's starstruck. It's, it's a type of starstruck yeah. that I feel like is a gift now because we live in, but just because of the, the how the where we work. Yeah, it's like oh, you kind of see oh that guy's in a movie, you know. But this is like a level of starstruck that I didn't know I still had the capacity for, and it fucking makes me so happy. No, it's re it is cool, isn't that great? It's, it's the last. You can't be jaded about that. No, it's yeah. ingrained in your head. I mean, the the, the all the hints and uh, uh, puppets are just. Uh, it's just. It's real. Yeah. You grow up with that stuff and it's real whether it was it's just all the way back. Yeah. When when did they when did they start the business? 83. 83 were the Fraggles and then they ran I think it ran until about 89 maybe. And um, but but I think the other thing thematically that's really fun about this video is that there was just sort of an accident of Oh, Ben Folds Five are, are are reuniting, and the Fraggles are kind of reuniting yeah. at the same time because they haven't really done any. You know, like there hasn't been new Fraggle material in twenty three years. So, but so the two of you coming together to sort of like as your reintroduction yeah. uh, to the world is kind of a neat thing. And they didn't hang out with humans. They did not. This is the first time the Frag Uncle Traveling Matt was visiting our world as outer space, but this is the first time that Fraggles have interacted with humans. Mm. Or as they call them. Silly, 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 silly creatures. creatures. Yeah, yeah silly, silly creatures. creatures. Yeah. Can you please tell them to stop talking down there? Johnny! They gotta stop talking. Sounds like. Yeah, we're gonna stop We're gonna. Here we are being like, hey, can you keep it down? We're recording a podcast. And over there, they're like, can you keep it down? We're recording a video. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's when the productions are starting to like. It's on! <laughs> oh, guys, I've never seen Ben like this. You better back the fuck off. Oh. Are the greasers or the socias? I want to be the greasers. <laughs> Wait, we all just got tired clenching our fists. Oh, yeah. Really? yeah. <laughs> Sweaty. What were you, you going to say a minute ago? You started what? to say something and then when? I cut you off a minute ago. I think I was going to ask about, like, uh, you said all the, the kind of positive stuff that happened when you guys got back together. What about the negative what stuff? What about, like, any of that stuff that kind of maybe, you know, the, like, you know, made you guys separate? Was there anything no. that was like, oh, that's right, Sledge we, is always like that? Not really. We kind of we grew up a little bit, I think. But the thing is, is when we first got together, we didn't really know each other for long before we started the band. Oh. In fact, it was... Darren became the drummer without my even hearing my even hearing him play. That worked out. Um, and I knew he was good, and I also knew I got along with him. And then Robert, we got together once in a practice room at UNCG, University of North Carolina at Greensboro, and I couldn't tell anything about his playing at all. And 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 based on that, we rented a house in Chapel Hill. He smoked, and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we were making a record by the end of the year. So really, yeah, we went really, really fast. And I think the problem was is that 
we were so busy together all the time. Suddenly, uh, all three of us are tied by everything from bank accounts to we're sleeping on, you know, levels of bunks next to each other, photographed together all the time. It was a real chain gang. Six years of that was per, was just, would be rough on anybody. I think it's yeah. probably a little more intense than, like, a marriage because yeah. you're, you're not just living together, you're actually working together. Yeah, you have to. I mean, and everyone, everyone ex there's such expectations. Everyone expects you to be together all the time. That's how you're defined. Yeah. yeah I remember there's some television show I used to compare it to all the time. White, the White Shadow? The White Shadow, yeah. Yeah, it's like these guys play basketball together and then they walk around all day long hanging out together. I don't <laughs> think so. But that's kind of what we had to do. And I think that after so many years, uh, the, the, the theme of the record began as uh, the stripping of ego, which I think was actually sort of necessary for the band to play together. Was sort of Even, even to the, the ego being my story of, oh, I've been solo artist for 10 years or... Darren's had his band Hotel Lights for ten years, or you know, was, we just had to, to kind of strip everything. But it wasn't a big deal. We didn't yeah. have any real moments. We're all crazy as shit, you know. Like <laughs> everyone's got a moment. It's like, oh, Robert's having his moment, or Ben's having his moment. But you know, we do that. But I think yeah. as long as you guys all know that, yeah, it's not. Then you then it doesn't it doesn't have to be about anything bigger than just like this is a thing I do and it's gonna pass and then everything will be fine. I always love like you know Saturday Night Fever when they're all sitting around at the at the dinner table and there's like screaming so what are you what are you doing and they just <laughs> we never did that now, like, now my that's hair what, you messed up my uh, hair yeah. he doesn't have been working on my hair for like <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we're doing now we just say it that makes a big difference it's like you're going crazy I am it'll be alright alright yeah. you, okay. you don't just stew and just go oh you're yeah. going crazy yeah we were so uptight and white before so no. <laughs> some southern boys yeah it's, it's kind of funny about like not cause uh, you know I remember when the, when the flight of the Concords were kind of at the height of their uh, you know like when I think they kind of willingly walked away from everything to pursue their solo stuff but I think the perception was like oh yeah they're like best buddies and they hang out all the time but when you're talking like Oh yeah, we don't really hang out that much anymore, yeah. like as friends, because we have to work together all day, you yeah. know. And so they just don't really. I think, and I think I still have that mindset of most people. I'm like, oh my god, you guys, you yeah. still live in those bunk beds, and you're still no, you got families. Well, and just like lives. even even like with us, it's like you know we don't really make the effort of just going like, hey, you want to get dinner tonight? Because I'm probably yeah. going to see him like twice, like like you know, in the next day. Yeah, and yeah. like it's like so you you kind of lose that. That like normal friendship thing, and we've you been know, over this. I don't like talking to you unless we're recording it. Exactly, it's all just podcast you, material. You literally, you constantly shush me with your finger yeah, over my lips. I don't want to talk if it's not being recorded. Yeah, exactly. But that makes me feel good. Yeah, yeah. I thought your sense of per, per, proportion was odd. That when we sat down, the director said, "Get in closer," and this is about as much as you could do. <laughs> oh yeah, like, I can't. That's yeah. just that's too close. Yeah, that's, that's too close. close. I think it's good to have you in I between have, us. I have it's a awkward. musk that he just doesn't. <laughs> No. <laughs> doesn't seem to enjoy. Well, I the, the problem. What happens is, is that obviously I have the dominant pheromones, and then Matt and Jonah's <laughs> periods get on my cycle, and then we're all cranky at the same time, and it just becomes yeah. a problem when we're trying to record in tight spaces. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the alpha rag. <laughs> <laughs> That's your first album. <laughs> I wish you could just call the podcast that. Yeah, let's change the name. Fuck it. Well, well, poor Matt Myra's not even here. You know, Matt, he, you know, I think, I think sometimes Matt feels like he's left out of stuff, but he just doesn't understand that thing. Because we didn't know we were going to be recording this today until like yesterday. Like, mm. okay, it's going to be Sunday at like you know noon. We're going to be able to sit down. 
And so I texted Matt and Joan. I was like, okay, so you know, if you want to be the Ben Folds podcast, it'd be great. It's when, and then and Matt wrote back and he's like, yeah, that would have been really good information yesterday. I'm like, Matt, I didn't know yesterday. Like, he, yeah. I feel bad. And then he couldn't make it here because he's in Santa Barbara. Uh, well, we can videotape. Uh, I mean, we can we can send him a picture. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm sure that'll <laughs> so, make him feel. Yeah, he'll, great. he'll like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we love him. We're having so much fun. But but it's it is interesting, you know, like it's it's maybe it's it's not. I don't think it's as intense as a band, but but holding a podcast together is a little bit like having a band where you yeah you know you, it, and it must feel for you. It, I, I I always think it's hard for a band because your ability to do the thing that you want to do relies on two other people showing yeah. up and being at like Top at the commitment game. level that you're at. Well, it's also quite random. I mean, the thing is, it's like. When this band started, I was 27 years old, and that was my whole life yeah. then. So, I mean, I kind of define myself by I do this, I do this, I have this kind of song, I play drums, I had all the different things I do. Suddenly, everything is defined by the band and who you're with, and it's just a small period of time. Yeah. For us, it was all like, well, this is what we're doing right now. It's not life and people want to see it that way, and I think it just takes a little while to get... If you get your ego out of something and realize that it's it's whatever's best for one of the guys is best for the whole thing, yeah. then it starts to get better. And I'm really glad that we've worked that out before we were 60 years old so that, <laughs> yeah. so that we could just like at least have a little <laughs> a little bit of our youth left yeah, well, playing playing energetically in good music. And what was the thing, you know, in, uh, like when Jay Farrar left uh, Wilco, yeah. was it? Like it's like, you know, it's because he's this guy that like, it's like, I have my own thing. I want to do, you know, he had an idea of what totally he wanted understand, to do. Yeah. yeah, and like, you know, I think everyone has that. I have that with this. It's like, it's like I need to be my own guy because yeah. I have my ideas sure. that I need to do. Uh, and then like, you know, then there's that, that weird sad reality where he breaks off of Wilco and he's just playing empty bars, you know. Yeah, and you got to be okay with that. I mean, actually, yeah. when, when, the, when the band broke up, um, I did go back to play empty bars. Yeah, and, and that's not something you, people don't notice your empty bar face because it's not that well publicized. Yeah. Right, it's not like <laughs> tonight on HBO. Then an yeah. empty bar it doesn't happen. Extra, extra, yeah. dollar value. Ben Folds plays the five <laughs> drunks in, in Bellevue, Washington. <laughs> he won't stop requesting piano, man. Take that, Mr. Hitler. I don't know why I'm <laughs> yeah, because it's a reel. It's an old reel. Uh, I think you know. It's, it's, I was playing bowling alleys. Can you believe it? I that's saw, awesome. I, first, yeah, first time I saw you. You played all star lanes. Yeah, you played all star lanes. Yeah. First, yeah. the first time I ever saw you play, it was, it was oh. a contest. It wasn't a contest; it was a pre-order thing. I always, yeah. I always like to ask, like if I, if I have, if I, if I feel like an emotional, like a little bit of an emotional outburst happening, where if I want to get like angry at someone or like what the, I, a lot of times I will try to say to myself, "Is this an ego dis- decision?" Right. And it really just takes, it just gives you a second to check in with yourself, and more often than not, you it actually is. do go. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It really is an ego thing. Maybe I should just kind of take a minute. I had a guy yelling at me out of his car for what he thought taking his spot last night, and I had this great moment of absolutely relaxing. And, it, and those, are, those are huge when you do that. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. What would you like to do about it? Well, you took my spot. I'm really sorry. I know I took your spot, and I can see you're not happy about that. Would you like to do something about that I can help you with? Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> I can't use an adult mature conversation with me. Because <laughs> normally you would be, you would say something back, but that's yeah. but it all is because it, because it's because you got your story, and someone's threatening your story of the way you want to be perceived in that moment. And if you just give that up, it's real hard to do. But it is it, really amazing when you realize like. 
and it is a hard realization to come to. Like, oh yeah, I don't have to get mad about that yeah, thing. Yeah. I really could just be like, all right. Yeah, you can choose to not get angry. You really can stuff. choose. You really. But can then that choose. can be that's a double edged sword because other things like you know something you kind of get maybe uh, screwed over a bit and you're like, oh, well, you know, stuff happens and you know you have someone telling you like you know a girlfriend or someone going, no, get angry. That's shitty. What happened? Fucking yeah, yeah. fight back. And you're like, ah, you know, just stuff happens. He did, all he just called you a slut bitch. It's okay. It's cool. He's my friend. It's good time. Yeah, I have a you know my, my my best friend and I were in a sort of a musical comedy duo, and our and our dynamic was such that Mike was in a, like the one of the sweetest guys in the world, and never liked confrontation, right. and so time would go on and then like all of a sudden something would come to a head and it was something that he was upset about from like three or four months ago and so you know I sort of and I was like, listen, if you're mad about something just say it it and let me know and then we'll just work it out and and it really you know I think it really helped the dynamic of our relationship because he was so in the opposite direction I'm like, okay, let's not yeah, well but that's not even if you think about it it's not even the opposite direction that's just he's getting pissed and he's choking it down and then after a while he's mad about something else right yeah and then it's like then when you say like you know, they'll get angry about like a, like a meal and you're like what are you really angry about you know yeah I, like I had a breakup like that happen once where me and my girlfriend were in a, like a, a she was crying and being upset about something I did like where I was driving almost like hit a cat total accident but she was very upset I was like I was like why is what's the big wait what's the problem here and she's <laughs> yeah. like I think we should break up I was like yeah if I, yeah oh, yeah no, yeah. no. So you backed up and ran over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we're in a relationship. Some street cat. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. There it was for the next two weeks over this fucking cat. It's not even a clean house cat. Yeah, it's yeah. just some sort of... Some street cat hoodlum. Picking up on... Probably selling drugs to other kittens. Yeah, pick, going up the windows trying to pick up on good old house cats. <laughs> we're still talking Out of my neighborhood. Right? We're still talking about yeah. <laughs> Oh, I've got some horrible, but my, my, my mind goes to jokes about where that pussy yeah. yeah, yeah, no, yeah, of course we all, yeah, no, you, you never have to apologize in, in, in our company for those jokes. Oh, good. We, we, we invite that, we invite that here. Only so, apologize if they're bad. <laughs> are you, so you're about to, the album comes out September 24th, correct? 18th. September 18th. Yeah, yeah, I Is think it? so. Is it, I think it is 18th. So you like, the 18th, yeah. right? Yeah. So the album comes out the 18th. <laughs> the album comes out the 18th. And then we're going to make put the video up the 18th as well. Which, uh, Can we say that those drop on the 18th? Those, yo, yo. I like that too. Yeah. My, my album drops. Yo, yeah, when your goods yeah. dropping. Goods, no. That's When's that weird. drop? When's that dropping? <laughs> my nuts drop on the 18th. <laughs> wow, so we're going to... My nuts dropped when I was 18. Yeah. <laughs> Today the Benville Five record comes out. Oh, must be the 18th. Oh, yeah. His voice just got deeper. Hooray! Uh, oh, these are weird, and you don't know how to sit. <laughs> that was all, you almost did Robin Williams. <laughs> oh, what are they? Oh, 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 <laughs> it's like when Daffy Duck goes out and like does all the juggling and the fire, and then yeah. he like he ju- goes to the audience and there's just like a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Bugs Bunny walks out, huge applause. Um, this is my one man show, Robin Williams Balls. It's uh, just a deep dive into what those balls must be like and just the what? things. Is it called If These Balls Could Talk? <laughs> <laughs> that was the joke. God damn it. Uh, you stepped on it, Ben. Uh. <laughs> no, I think the audio. I think that. You said that you've had six high fives in your life. That's right. 
You want to do number seven? I think number seven for if these balls oh. could talk. Oh, that was a good number seven. Now you know what I have to. I have to. I, I, I'm, I'm on this big truth kick right now. Yeah. That actually was more than seven. First of all, oh, I, it was probably more like eleven or twelve or something. Okay. Just because I know someone's gonna be watching. I feel this a little. Account. I feel a little lied to. I'm no, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm fessing up now. Okay. Yeah. The other thing is I didn't come up with that. If these balls could talk, that was my bass player uh, for my touring band. Wanted to write a book called that. And I thought that was absolutely brilliant. I mean, <laughs> isn't that amazing? I'm Have you ever heard that before? No, I'm. It's fucking good. I'm still gonna give you credit for the okay. joke. Okay. I don't know why I'm the arbiter all of a sudden. Okay. All right. Now that's cool. Let's let's work this out. I'm not, he's I don't your feel employee. Good. Therefore, whatever he worked on, I'm under going your to command. I'm your going joke. to give you. I'm going to give you the credit for that. I'm just worried about if I almost run over a cat, you're just going to freak out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but why did these? I don't want these balls to talk anymore. <laughs> that's fucking it. Um, but if these balls could talk, then you would get even more credit. For yeah. that joke, because yeah. that was a really that was a solid joke. <laughs> yeah, and if, <laughs> and if they could just start talking, that'd be even better. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, if these balls could talk, I would be the most famous person in the world for having talking balls. Talking balls, just snarky talking balls. Wasn't that in a Stevie Wonder album, Talking Balls? Talking uh, balls, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. His were called the California Raisins, and that was. <laughs> 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 I think I think that's 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 it. I yeah, mean, yeah, after that, that, there's no reason to even do comedy anymore. <laughs> I mean, that was like retired the entire Jersey. That was that. like that was well. It's been a lot of fun, fellas. Yeah, that I, was uh, like that was like the plot of the movie Side Out. Like there was a setup and a spike, and then C. Thomas Howe walks by, and then we fucking go home. <laughs> that was fucking amazing. Oh my god, I'm so Credits. proud. Yeah. <laughs> Take me back to paradise or whatever. It's like thirty. <laughs> 38 special plays at the end in a free freeze frame. <laughs> let's get let's just get one freeze frame just for the camera that's here. Paradise. I always yeah. love the end of a movie where they do the freeze frame and there's like you can find the one actor that didn't make it to the point in time. It's always like, oh yeah, almost, <laughs> halfway almost to like a fist in the air, which is. Uh. Or you do the police squad freeze frame where it's like the coffee keeps pouring yeah. and the chimp comes through yeah. and like the trash cans <laughs> on fire and they're all frozen. They're all yeah. they're all frozen. Uh, so where's your tour? When does your tour start and where? What, what's what's the path? It's a uh, kind of East Coast ish. I think. Uh, uh, Holyoke, Massachusetts, New York City. I think we're, I think we're playing Comic Con, but I'm not dead sure yet. So we haven't inked that particular. New York Comic Con. Yes. Oh, that would be fun. We're gonna, we're gonna be there doing our podcast in October, right? In October, yeah. And leading right into November. November's gonna find us in Australia. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, but you'll be there right until bro down under for December. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then January. January. <laughs> and what's after that? There must be something. There's that's just, that's there's just three months. That's the four yeah, months. That's the Nerdist calendar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a it's a four month calendar yeah. from October to January. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the time you're dark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we take a hiatus. Yeah. To make up for all the whiteness in between. <laughs> we, uh, we hibernate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you so you might you might be playing New York Comic. Uh, by the way, I think we talked a little about that yesterday, and I hope that that show works out for you because yeah, I think. Me too. I think you will see a level of passion and excitement from the Comic Con audience that will floor you a little bit. No, I, that doesn't surprise me. That so, it sounds like a, it sounds like a really great event, and uh, you guys are, are going to be doing it. Right? We will so, be there. Yeah, yeah. We'll be fun. 
Uh, then after that, uh, 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 Australia, mm -hmm. and then back to hit the West Coast and the Pacific Rim, uh, and I think that, and a little bit of Europe. Nice. Oh no, we're doing Europe too. Yeah, that's right, because we're doing London, which is great. We're doing a few nights at uh, Brixton Academy, which is huge for us. Oh so, wow! Yeah, it's gonna be really cool. Because uh, the UK was the first place that we sort of felt like we did our thing, like we had a hit, and things happened there first. Yeah. And so people are somewhat, you guys, you put some songs on the website from the album already. Like, didn't you put up some for a couple days and then and then pull them back? On the new record? Yeah. Um, the, the new record, we had a really weird start because we started making the record without a label. Okay. And, um, you know, I have a studio. We just all just, just did it, you know. And uh, then I got really restless one weekend and decided that we should take a song and just give it away on, on a fan site somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't wasn't into some of the other ideas, which were more like put it up on SoundCloud or on our Facebook or something like that. So we called one of the one of the fan sites uh, and asked them to host it for us. Right. And they spent the day getting a little more bandwidth and stuff. Because so <laughs> <work out. laughs> it was like code red. <laughs> they went to DefCon Five like, really Can you get fast. Your mom's credit card. Can you get your mom's credit card? <laughs> what are you yelling at me? <laughs> It was kind of like that because it was a Saturday. I came up with the idea like Saturday morning, and by Saturday night they felt like they had it together. And we, of course, it crashed the site in a couple of minutes. But what was really cool about it was that enough enough people got it off the site before it crashed. And then all I had to do was tweet anyone that's got it off the site, host it on your site, and actually that enabled it to sort of become it's this thing called going viral. I don't it's know the newest that. thing. It's what you do is you get together, you make a couple conference calls. It sounds you get dangerous. Yeah. It is. It is dangerous. You could, you could, uh, you could have to take some penicillin. You for make it. some conference calls to make something go viral. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. To give We're going to make a viral video. Yeah. We've got a $75,000 budget for a viral video. Yeah. We want to make people those, say OMG. As soon as you hear those words, and, the, I mean, and then John and I were at a party last night with Paul Shear and a couple and Ben Schwartz, a couple of us were making just jokes like, we just want to make some vivids. Like they started calling yeah. them vivids. Oh, that's like, so if you're, horrible. If you're in a meeting and someone says, so our company really wants to make a viral video. You're like, well, you're, that's probably not going to work out. Yeah. It's not going to work, work out. It's not going to work out. a hit song. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like a spontaneous encore. It yeah. just, it's, it's, everyone knows it's, you, you plan that out. It can't possibly happen. It's going to be some kid in a dorm room you know, with an orange. Right. It's going to go yeah. viral. And but, uh, or, you know, but, but I, think, I do think in our case I can say with 100% certainty and no chance of jinxing it that this video with you and the Fraggles will go 100% viral. That may not, but this shit's going viral. <laughs> this one. Yeah. I, I'm kidding, universe. I always have to tell the universe I'm kidding. I didn't yeah. really mean... You just, yeah. you just fucked it Don't up. Don't you understand <laughs> irony? I mean, except for the irony you play at me. That's right. I don't get yeah. to give it back to you. No. Universe? It doesn't go both ways. Universe gets to play all the jokes it wants to on you, but And then when you get the back, you dish it out, but the universe does not like to take it. You know, I've been thinking about that lately. Exactly that, but we'll leave that for. No, some, no, for no. Time. That's a good what? What? Well, just I think the the, the you know how uh, in Christianity they talk about uh, the jealous God and all that stuff. They mm -hmm. kind of personified yeah. him as kind of being a little bit of an asshole. Yeah. yeah. And but the New Agers have never really considered that the universe might be a little bit of an asshole. Right. You know, it's like the universe <laughs> knows best and stuff, but actually, it kind of might not be like that. It might not. Yeah, and, and just this the idea that, that the universe might not be good at taking a joke, but can dish it out <laughs> is exactly what I was thinking about. But yep. I, I got to put more thought to it before I write my book on it. Is that, oh, wow, that's really so. You're going to yeah. write a book about 
the universe can dish it out, but it, it can't take it. And it's if, still called If These Balls Can Talk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously the universe is not going to conspire to make sure that that, that book goes viral. If, yeah. if These Buckyballs Could Talk. <laughs> um, have you ever thought about writing a book? I have, because it's one of those things, like writing a book just seems like just... I mean, it does seem like the coolest thing in the world. I'm actually going to write a piano concerto for 2014, which is or- orchestral piano concerto. Are you really? It's a big deal for me. It's a long-form piece. I feel like I can understand a three-and-a-half-minute mm-hmm. song, and that's what I'm geared to. And that's not to say a three-and-a-half-minute song can't be a, a, a piece of art isn't difficult to do. You have to cram a lifetime into three-and-a-half minutes, but yeah. I'm so geared for it. And when someone talks about a book, all I can think of is that if you get three-quarters through writing it and you decide you want to see what it's like, you have to go back to the beginning and start reading it. And I, right. I can't, I can't read. I think you should call uh, your piano piece "If This Waltz Could Talk." Yeah, ah. <laughs> we're gonna come if and this like waltz could and talk. I'm gonna keep it going. But I always or wonder, if, you know, if these go- balls could play a C major scale, <laughs> dun, 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 without hitting any of the black notes. Why do we have to measure the thing is, you can only really do that when you're old. You gotta be able to separate them. Oh yeah, no. When you're yeah. old, you can like just yeah. throw them out like a fly fishing. Can't line. play the trill I used to when I was a little kid. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> <doesn't happen. laughs> but, and it's always just bass notes, boom, boom, <laughs> boom, boom. But I, but for a musician, I, I, you know, I wonder, I, I wonder if it's analogous at all to stand up. Because wait, now I'm about. I snorted. <laughs> I always wonder if it's analogous to stand up for a musician where when you're doing like a like a 5 to 7 minute set yeah. it's a much different set than when you do your hour Absolutely. there there really has to be an arc and there really has to it sort of has to have a point, and you know, I, I assume it must feel kind of the same way with when you're writing a long piece of music. Mm, yeah, you you would. I mean, the thing about writing a long piece of music is it's going to be based on a theme, some sort of theme. It, 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 even if it's a, even if it's not a musical theme and it's something that's abstract, it has to be something that means something to me. And it's like if it's fanfare to common man, then that, that's the, obviously that you know the theme is there. But if it's if it's like for me, it's like it's got to be something, even if there aren't any lyrics. And then there's going to be a musical theme that accompanies that. And, w- and with a long piece, you're really still dealing with one major motif mm-hmm. that you're da 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 like these these shapes and these things come up and up. In, in, a, in a pop song, you don't really have to develop that much, especially in a song like you know, just new stuff. Anything post like abracadabra, right? Only has to have a few notes in it. And uh, where if you look at like you know uh, various Elton John songs like. Uh, don't let the sun go down on me. And it's like the melody keeps building, keeps building, keeps building. And three and a half minutes into the song, before it's over, he still really hasn't repeated his melody. He's built on motifs because he's a proper musician with the you know, British Academy of Music Award. What was that? The Academy of Music, fine, the Academy of... The Academy of... He went, he went to Phoenix. You're talking about on, the guy that dressed up like... Donald Captain Duck. Fantastic. Yeah, the guy with the big glasses. <laughs> yeah. had, a couple of, had a couple of songs here and there. <laughs> Um, but you know what I mean. It's like it's it, so. So with with a, with a long form piece, it's still a matter of having one idea. It's just that the idea has to be so solid that you can build upon it for like thirty, forty five minutes. And I think in a book, it's the same way. Where in a song, it's kind of less pressure because it's like you can have a small idea and you can get it in and out. Yeah. You know, like uh, that's 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 just the beauty of it. It's like Buddy Holly songs that were like two and a half minutes long 
are awesome. It's like one simple idea, and then you just get out. So. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is, right? I've just I've just distilled him into an idea. Yeah, the vibrato <laughs> is, is just started when the song. You want, ends. You want drums on this, buddy? No. no, I'm just gonna do it on my legs. No. Oh, I'm sorry, we went yeah. to a different pitch. Yeah. Um, but uh, do you when you're when you're writing a long piece of mu- like writing a long piece of music, is it dictated by? Is the idea of it dictated by the emotion? Did you start playing and go, this feels like this, and I'll make it about this? Or does it come, is it intellectual first where you go, I want to write about this idea? I think I have to make it intellectual just for a second, just to get started, to trick myself into getting started. But I've never actually written a long piece like this before, so I absolutely do not know how I'm going to begin. And I thought I was going to start last month, and I sat there waiting for the universe <laughs> to give me a, a song and this fucking nut dropped in front of my face. <laughs> and then it got a little lower. <laughs> and there was nothing. Like, I just didn't come up with you anything. You sure writing music? I meant to. Yeah. <laughs> That's my code. You know, I call it. I got to do some composition today. But, yeah, so I'll get to it. I'm not exactly sure yet, but writing a book would be would be an amazing thing to me to write a book, and I just don't know where I would start. And uh, I don't know. Have you thought about it or tried? Or I wrote a book, and but I, and, and I think um, what I liked about the way that I had to write my book is that it's very modular in the sense that it, it's more of like a... Um, it's sort of a you know biographical productivity book for obsessive-minded you know nerd types, and uh-huh. so it, it like you, you don't necessarily have to read page one to page two fifty or two seventy or what it is, and so so for me it was sort of easy like oh this is modular and I see the the outline right. and I and you know I can these are all themed this way and these are themed this way, but it's not like I mean I look at it it looks like a George R R Martin book and I'm like there's a beginning and an end and how the fuck do you keep track of everything when you yeah. have to go back because writing the book the first maybe time, they see it as modular. Maybe. It's possible. I mean, I, we, maybe we need to talk to someone who writes these things and find out. How nah, to let's just figure. <laughs> let's just make it up. Yeah, why would we ask anyone? But it must be, you know, like 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 plays being in three acts. Right. You know, honestly, I'm that ignorant. Maybe 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 with books, the the, the maybe they're thinking of the chapters in a way that you and I aren't thinking because we see it as seamless. Right. When actually, your average person uh, like us doesn't know. Well, it's just if you have a lot of characters and a lot of story points, and then all of a sudden you on a whim you change something like a, you know a third of the way into the book. Then you have to make sure that it doesn't damage all of the story from mm-hmm. the beginning. That everything makes like someone has to connect all those points, yeah. which I guess is what your editor does. But the first draft of the book was actually pretty easy to write because it was like, oh, the, I know the ideas that I want to express. Right. It was when someone, when an editor says, okay, now you have to go back, expand on this idea. What does this mean? Connect this better. There's a whole piece that wow. should be here. And then it forces you, rather than just rather than just spitting out the first things that come into your mind, you actually have to think about it as a piece. And that's where your brain kind of is like, oh, fuck, what was I trying to say here? That's yeah. where you really have to figure it out. That's great, though, to have that kind of sounding board. See, I don't even know about that. I guess it never even occurred to me that it would be a, a publisher or someone reading it and, and giving you feedback. I just think of it as sitting there, I have to get a typewriter instead of my computer because it's a book. <laughs> Got to class All it up. All books have to be typed. Yeah, and it has to be sitting somewhere like on a Greek island or something like that with a dog in my underwear. Yep, hmm. and then and then when you're done, you take the big ream of paper and you you fix it and then put it in the box the paper came in and yep. then you send it to your. Get in the car, drive down the road, right off because it's snow in a wreck. Someone picks you up, 
takes you to their house. Yeah, she's a big your, fan. Yeah. Well, she's a big fan first, and then you fucking murdered her character for some reason. Yeah, should not have done that. Because you were being an asshole, and how could you not see that that character was really important to I Kathy I deserved Bates? to have had my legs broken for that. Yeah. yeah. But, I, I, but you th- I, I'm such an obsessive backer-upper and constant saver mm-hmm. and... and that I just, it's so funny to me that, th- that there was a time not that long ago where if you wrote a book and finished it, if you didn't photocopy it right away and something happened, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's like uh, the story of Jimi Hendrix leaving one of his master's mixes of an album in a cab. Oh. Did you ever hear that one? All right. Apparently that's true. He, he, they'd finished, he'd been, I guess, Electric Lady Studios, took a cab back to his apartment, like as the sun was coming up, got out, oh. master tape done. They had, to, they had to do stuff over again. I don't know if that meant mixing or... And that's when we got that amazing album by Steve the Cab Driver. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's where that oh, I made from. this, uh, made yeah. this fucking album. It's pretty good. Mm. Oh, man, that reminds me when I, my first, my first studio experience was I was given the keys to Sony Tree in Nashville from midnight uh, to 8 o'clock in the morning when I was in my 20s as a part of a publishing dealer. Kind of like, go in there, use the studio while no one's in there. You can make your demos, learn how to use the studio. It's like all analog stuff. Like, I had to learn how to like you know splice the tape and cut it back was it together. Just you? It was usually just me. I had a guy who was showing me some stuff and then every once in a while I'd bring friends in and they would they would help me out. But I, I noticed a Christmas tape of the Jordanaires, which were uh, Elvis Presley's singing backup band, Elvis Presley and the Jordanaires. Oh they did God. almost everything. And they were all still alive at this point. It's like uh, early nineties. and they had this tape there they've been doing uh, Santa Claus is uh, is coming to town. And uh, and that was on there, and they had a couple of open tracks. So I put it on, was listening to the bass player and stuff. Suddenly, the bass singer like, like it's awesome. Like the way they harmonized, you could hear every single one of them. It was so distinct. Even if you didn't know who the Jordanaires were, when you hear their voices, you know this is an Elvis record. And then I realized I didn't have Christmas gifts for anyone yet. And maybe that open track, I could do the lead vocal. And <laughs> so I had it go, and Santa Claus is coming down your throat. <laughs> With- <laughs> <laughs> well, they're like, I'll sing a sand. And I was I was singing that like with a, I was really scared because I didn't know when the studio manager might come in. And I had it at the console and stuff. And fuck if he didn't come in. Um. And the tape is up. There's an open track, and I'm sitting there with the mic. And he's like, Yeah, what you doing, Ben? I just came around for some stuff. And what's that tape? Fuck is that tape? That's not your tape. Do you realize you're recording over someone else's music? <laughs> I was like, I haven't, I haven't recorded anything. Is the track is armed? Have you recorded over this tape? I was like, oh no, I had no idea. I thought that was mine. I haven't even started. Good thing I haven't started yet. He's like, yeah, fucking good thing. And he's rolling the tape up, and he's like, we're mixing this tomorrow. I'm putting it in the vault. Oh, oh my then god. Then they're gonna bring it out the next day, and it's like I'm on it going, Santa Claus is coming down your throat. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I have no idea. Probably. They did, probably they didn't bring it up. Well, guys, now that I've had a chance to sit with it, I really like it. <laughs> I mean, get that Folds kid back in here. <laughs> what I was praying was that, the, you know, the track list, they only bring up the tracks that are on there, and that mine was blank and they didn't bring it up. But I also know, you know that sound in the studio of a track that you're not bringing up where the needle's hitting the end? It's going, da, 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 Yeah, da. okay. I have a feeling that that was happening while they were they listening to it. it. Yeah. Oh, anyway, God. That's, so the Jordanaires almost had a smash hit. <laughs> they came so close. <laughs> that would have gone viral in 1992. No YouTube or anything. I just, just, just a young like music nerd kid in the studio, just with access to this. Of course, you're going to scream, "Santa Claus is coming!" Down your throat. <laughs> of course. What else? Is Over there? a track of the Jordanaires. Yeah. <laughs> 
what else would one do? No choice. I think the studio's haunted because I came in this morning. <laughs> it's haunted by a perverted Christmas ghost. <laughs> if these walls. <laughs> if these walls. Um, so, you, the, does the album, what is the album's name at this point? It is called The Sound of the Life of the Mind, <clears throat> which was the. A title track, I suppose now, and that 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 one was penned by Nick Hornby. Oh wow! He wrote he he wrote those lyrics. The rest of them I wrote, except for one song that uh, Darren wrote. So, uh, so yeah, Nick has a moment on the record. Excellent, because I I just um, I I got the only track that I've heard so far because this is a month before the album comes out when we're recording this right now was um, obviously the song that we're making the video for. Do it yeah. anyway. Uh, but oh, I should have sent you the rest of it. I'll send it. Oh, to please, you can now. I? Oh, oh I, wanna, I can't believe we didn't send it. I have grass. But can you send that to me? Oh, what are you yeah, talking yeah. about? No. It's going viral. No. <laughs> I'll make sure of that. The album's going to go viral when I yeah. post it on SoundCloud. I'm going to be such a fucking cock. That would be horrible. I would never. <laughs> I wouldn't even think about I wouldn't even, as a joke, say I would do that. You know, we, just tried, though. we tried to make an album leak. Uh, it was a fake album. I think we talked about this at some point. Well, I made. I made an album. That wasn't the real album. The same song titles, yeah. different lyrics and different music, as horrible as I could possibly make it. Like if the title <laughs> of the song was, you know, I don't know, you don't know me, then it was, we just made it terrible. And and tried to leak it out to various people who would get it out there. Mm -hmm. And they all shot emails back and forth in private saying, I'm not, I, I don't want to get in trouble, I'm not doing it, I don't want to do it. Let's wait until the album, because no one would do it. It's it's interesting how, how as much as, as uh Fans and people on the internet get a bad name for like stealing music and sending it around. When you try to make it go out, you find there's a lot of people with like a shitload of integrity that don't mm. want to do it. And it was kind of sweet. We were like, leak it, go. Was it because <laughs> they thought it was bad though, or because they didn't want to leak it? Oh, maybe that was it. No, that was, <laughs> no, what was worse is the album came out and people decided they liked the fake leak better. <laughs> oh, that kind of so hurt. Every Ben Folds album is like, yeah, I'm in your notes. Yes. <laughs> and they were like, man. I really like the I like those fake shitty songs better than your album. So I was like, oh shit, I guess I better call Robert Darren and get. Some but work. I was <laughs> I was wondering like when artists get to a certain point of credit with pop pop culture. Yeah. Where you have a bunch of albums behind you and your work is always solid and you know like, just like how much will almost as an as an art experiment how much will people's minds fill in the blank. As to what it was that you were doing, and write it off as genius. Like if you did some totally things the opposite, like that. actually. No. I think it's kind of the opposite. I think you do things that you know, if it'd been on your first record, would have just blown people away. You would have broken in based on that. But because you have stuff behind you, it's no longer it's no longer taken as seriously as if it had come out. I think you more take it for granted. And I think the reason for that is because there has to be new space on the shelf yeah. for new acts, which there does. I mean, there always has to be new stuff, so you have to clear out old stuff. So everyone who's been around for a little while realizes that you put out your stuff to... In some ways, you have an advantage, but in many ways, it's not taken as seriously. Right. And it does take a while. Like now, if you look back, like we were looking at We Are the World stuff, yeah. and you're looking at a crowd of people who you thought at the time were past it, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and that they had done their... their well, now you can see all those faces in there, 
and with perspective, you can see that they were doing amazing stuff, and they were doing stuff down the road like ten years later. Yeah, that was amazing. But at the time, it's like, oh, you know, Dylan's got this, you know, this shit up. Well, that, and then and then you you started doing that math that I like to do to torture myself, where I get where where you go, okay, because this this one picture where we can almost see from the studio here, where it's the We Are the World yeah, cast, it's amazing, and it's you know it's everyone, it's Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles and Holland Oates and Huey Lewis and Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson and. Uh, all of the Jacksons um, uh, and Dylan and Springsteen and Kim Carnes and Paul Simon and you, you look at it and you go okay so that was taken in January of 85 yeah. and you said yeah uh, Dylan was closer to his, to the 60s than we are to, to that to picture uh, and then you look at Dylan and you go fuck he's, he's probably only like 40 45 in that picture yeah, maybe. maybe and then and then you go oh I don't feel so good uh, I know it's weird perspective. Age math is fucked up. Don't do age math. I think there's another thing about that too, though. That between the '60s, like in that era, say '85, and 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 this is all over television. We are the world. They were always running '60s specials, and you were seeing like this old Super 8 footage of people. I suppose uh, Astros, you know, like all the all yeah. the all the flower power stuff and the Vietnam War, and it's like all so long ago. And now the '80s doesn't seem quite as long ago, but some of that actually is down to technology and and how quickly music moved. Because the difference between the music that was being made in 1960 and 1980 was massive. Huge. Now the difference between the music made in 1993 mm-hmm. and now. It's just not that great. Yeah, it's just not. And that's why I still have a job because nothing's changed enough for me to get thrown off the horse. <laughs> right. If if things had actually evolved, I'd have been oh, toast. Dude, I, I'd be working out of the bagel the, place. All those, all those arena rock bands from the seventies. It's still like relevant. The, the electronic music, you know, like like you know when when Thomas Dolby started figuring out how to work a Moog, and then all of a sudden this electronic Britpop invasion. Mm-hmm. And then all those guys are like, "Fuck, really?" Yeah. Because yeah, because everyone's always been out of a job at the end of the uh, 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 you know at the end of the decade, but now it's kind of like the end of the decade comes up. It's like, anyone got any new ideas? New ideas? <laughs> new ideas? Okay, fuck, Bob, come on, come, come on, shh, come on. But I wouldn't even know what defines 2000 to 2010 to say, okay, this is the end of an era. Like it's everything's Alien so splintered. Is that it? No, I don't know. I mean, it was like <laughs> could be. I mean, I just think it was a lot of popular music in that era and not at. No, not as many discernible absolute phenom- ph- uh, phenomena. Yeah. Like uh, you know, like Nirvana was probably kind of the last. Like this is the Beatles or something. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong. There must be something, but I don't think that well, there really is. I mean, the Strokes were great. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. The, the like when the Strokes came out, they had as much of a like a style impact as Nirvana did, I believe, just because you know seeing it. Seeing everyone just kind of start dressing like hipsters—that that, what we know as hipsters now—like yeah. it was all like it happened so much right after yeah. you know the Strokes blow. And which was crazy is that, like, if you think about in 2011, that was 10 years from when yeah. the Strokes put out their first album. But when the Strokes put out their first album, that was 10 years from Nirvana. Right. It seems like so much more happened yes. between those 10 years than the, the, the well, most recent. Well, it, it also was just the availability of technology to just the average person. And, and how niche things are now. I mean, like, Nirvana really, that whole movement sort of caught the tail end of, you know, there's only a handful of outlets that people can get music. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, it, it can't be, uh, an, it, was, it couldn't be a coincidence that 
right around the time that people started getting internet in the mid to late 90s and then broadband in the early to mid 2000s, that all of that just changed. Yeah, well, I think some of it is because rock and roll's always been about breaking the law. That something has to be happening that's breaking the law. And after the law is broken, then it's like, okay, well, everyone's doing it now. It is hard to keep breaking. I mean, the last law that was broken is that people were stealing music. So the real rock and roll in the, uh, from 2000 to 2010 was probably the internet. Yeah. The, yeah. Just the, 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 oh, the, 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 because the, the, there is danger and excitement to going on and, and, and in essence taking music for free. It's like it's looting. And I actually was fine with it and I still am. But that's, but that was dangerous to people. And so what's rock and roll in 2000, 2010? It's the internet. Uh, from, from now, the internet's the old news, so I don't really know what it is. I think comedy actually might be rock and roll right now. I think I see, I see comedians that I think are are being far more rock and roll than 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 the rock stars. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I'd say Louis is probably pretty. He's a rock star. He's he's a, he's a rock star. Yeah, at this yeah, point. and that's a phenomenon too. Like 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 he is because uh, he can because a rock star can change the rules, mm-hmm. and he got to a certain point where he was able to change the rules and the way things are distributed and the way. I mean, it's funny because I. I just did a special, a comedy special, and it's going to run on Comedy Central, and I was very happy to do it with them. But then people are like, why didn't you do what Louie did? I'm like, because I'm not Louie, and yeah. I don't have his people audience. People are telling musicians to yeah. do that. Yeah. It's like, why don't you sell tickets that way? It's like, uh, let's see, because can't. <laughs> you can't. People don't understand. I always feel bad when people go, you know, the Ticketmaster fees were so high, and I go, I know, and there's nothing I can do it because they control almost every venue in the country. Oh, yeah, and I you know. have to, you have, you have to be someone like Louie or Radiohead where you have such a massive audience that you can go, you know what, we're just going to do it. We're going to cover all the insurance. We're going to set up the ticketing website. We're going to, like, there's so much infrastructure that it has to take place to put on a show yeah. that most artists just don't have because yeah. we don't have the power of the audience to do that. That's right. And, and it's also maybe you could make up for that just by pure time and muscle and energy. But, you, but at some point you don't have time to make music. Like some of the stuff that we're doing with uh, uh, the crowd, we did the, the album by uh, crowdfunding and that took up so much time that it and it was. I'm so happy we did it that way. If I had one more thing to do related to to the crowdfunding thing, I wouldn't be touring or have an album out. Like at some point, right. your business you can be revolutionary in your business, but only up to the point that's not affecting your art. Of and course. obviously, obviously, Louis can do that. And still, my son's name is Louis. That's what I call him. Oh, Louis. nice. But uh, yeah, obviously he can do that. So that's really cool. And we ha- we're happy that he can do that because that's. That that's one small step for the rest of us. We all stand behind people. I think we, yeah, he did it. You know, that's yeah. awesome. Um, and then, I mean, I'll, I'll cut this out if you don't want this to be public knowledge. Yeah. But but the idea that you might play some shows with Sarah, yeah, uh, Sarah Silverman, like that's a nice that's a nice grouping. Yeah, no, I, maybe we can make it public in this way that we that's not nothing is settled. But nothing we, is settled. But, but, but we there are talks. We've decided. Yeah, yeah, personally. Sarah and we would love to do it, and then it's just a matter of, of, of making it work. But it's always been a dream bill to me to, 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 to do a thing with her because we come along roughly, she's a little bit after same era, and there's just something about what she does I just think is really special, and it's, it's going to be fun. Are you going to, um, if you play a show with her, are you going to have Galifianakis come up, and then they can do a duet of Zach and Sarah? Hey. That's not a bad idea. They could do. have to change the spellings of both. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we are. We're at the bat. I think we're at about at an hour. Um, right. But uh, but again, it's it's been it's been really lovely to just be pals with you over the course of the last you know like year year and oh, a half. Yeah, yeah. And, and so excited to 
you know, just see everything that's kind of coming down the, the pipeline, and I hope, uh, I really want to go see the show when you guys, when you guys come to L.A. Yeah. I, I would assume you're coming to L.A. Yeah, 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 we'll be, in, and that, that, if it works out with Sarah, I think that's where we'll be doing it. Cool, so. awesome. Cool. Um, anything else you want to plug before we let you go? No, I don't think that's, I, I've got nothing else. Okay. Thank cool. you. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah shit, yeah. yeah. Bro. Bro. Scro. Scro. Bro Vember. Right around the corner. So close. Yeah. Enjoy your burritos. <laughs> yeah. Try the veal. As promised, bonus fraggle content. I'm new to outer space. I don't know how uh, how all these things work, so I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> are you, you, you are you feeling pretty good being at? Because you, you guys actually, this is. I mean, Uncle Traveling Mad has been to outer space, but yeah, you, this, this yeah. is your first foray into into that realm. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's he's in back all these weird tales about outer space that I'm not sure I believed. And you know what? I uh, discovered outer space seems to be even weirder than he was talking about, but still fun. <laughs> what are some like, of the weird things that you've seen so far? Oh, gosh. Well, you, you keep your your uh, your swimming holes behind these clear rocks and nobody can go <laughs> swimming in them. It's very disappointing. I'd, I'd like to uh, try jumping in there once I'm done talking to you silly creatures. Well, we let, <laughs> we let you do that. Did you were you worried about uh, the, the the atmosphere up here? You know, are you is are you short of breath? Is 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 it, how's the air? Uh, oh, the the air is fine, but uh, well, I I tell you what, uh, your sky outside doesn't have gorgs in it, so that was actually pretty awesome. I was I was concerned at first that uh, I had to to look out for gorgs, but uh, you guys seem to be safe in outer space. Oh, that's <laughs> good. Yo, you know, we we as as a species are also uh, exploring the far reaches of outer space. We landed a rover on another planet called Mars, so we're kind of doing the same thing that, that you're doing. A planet? Uh, <laughs> that's... That's that's kind of beyond the the kind of outer space I know about, but uh, pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, any kind of exploration is is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so Ben Folds is here, and Joan is here. And... Yes, hello, Ben. Hello. Hi, Jonah. Hi, Red. <laughs> um, thank you. <laughs> thank you for being in the. Thank thank you for 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 you know coming up and meeting everyone and and meeting Ben and you know we're all just such huge fans. Oh. And it's been so exciting to find out that silly creatures are as much into music as fraggles are. Yeah, so what, what's a typical fraggle day for you? Oh, gosh. Well, let's see. There's lots of naps and lots of eating radishes and, and doozer sticks and then running around and jumping in the swimming hole and playing rock hockey and tug-a-tail and running around until you just got to lay down and nap again and eat and then just keep keep going and going and going. It's so fun. What do doozer sticks actually taste like? Well, th- it's it's funny. They kind of taste like radishes. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really weird. I mean, I like radishes and and doozer sticks and and uh, and of course radishes are very delicious to fraggles. Yeah, is there uh, is there is there one fella down there that uh, that is a, a special friend? Are you are you, are you? Well, what? What? Well, I I I know Wembley and Boober and and Gobel. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, do do do. do fraggles do, date? Do you, do you know what he's talking about? No, date? I, I do they go on? Do you go on dates? I mean. Well, we, we, we go on dates if they're gorg size and we can stand on them. Is that what you mean? <laughs> yes, that's exactly <laughs> Okay. Yeah, some, sometimes, yeah. yeah. Tell, tell, me yeah. Some, tell me something about the gorgs. What is, what's, what's, their, what's their deal? Uh, their deal is thumping fraggles. 
So, uh, um, they're just, they're so big, and their gardens are so huge, you think they'd, they'd share some of their radishes with us with no problem at all, but, uh, no, they, they tend to want to just hang on to all those radishes, so we have to sneak in and, and get what we can. Have you thought about maybe growing radishes un un underground? Huh? They, they, they don't do so well underground. They need to be out, outside and where the sky is. And in Fraggle Rock, where the sky is, is where the gorgs is. And it just gets really complicated. <laughs> <sighs> were, you worried about, were you worried about us as, as creatures at first? Were, were, you, were you nervous about when you first met Ben and the guys? Were you, well, were you a little nervous? Well, well, well no, no. I mean, we, we knew you were silly creatures. And so we knew you had kind of silly ways of doing things. And, and we just thought that was kind of... Neat and entertaining, so uh, we weren't worried, but just very, very, very curious. And uh, and so far, they've been awesome and friendly. If you could distill your kind of general philosophy on life, what what would that be? Uh, gosh, well, life is it all about living and and having fun and having 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 friends and and being active and and playing just. Non-stop, you know, play, play till you have to nap and eat and play some more. It sounds like Comic-Con. That's a yearly frenzy that we have. It's a big human party. We're humans, oh. by the way. Did you know that we're human beings? Oh, uh, well, we, I, I, I guess we've gotten used to calling you silly creatures, so you call yourselves human <sighs> beings. Human you, beings. You human be beings. beings. It sounds like oh. beans. We're not human beings. We're human beings. Oh. But you know, you mentioned that that Comic Con place. I actually, I, I found a a, uh, a hole from Fraggle Rock to Comic Con, and I've been there a few times. You've been to Comic Con? I have. What what did you and, see? Well, the the thing was, you know, I I thought silly creatures kind of look kind of similar, but in Comic Con, the silly creatures can be blue and have tails and wings and horns and feathers. <laughs> it's amazing! Yeah. I had no idea there was so much variety in silly creatures. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah. That, that's, that's where you see the most biodiversity is at a Comic-Con. Yes! Yes! And they have all these wonderful great halls where everybody gathers together and talks and sings and gets all excited. It's very fraggly. It is fraggly. I, yes. I would say if you, yes. I, I would say if you, could, if you could define Comic-Con in any way that it is a non-stop fraggle party. So that's why I like to keep visiting there. Hmm. Well, um, I know uh, you have some more some more stuff that you're that you're you're going to be doing with oh, us. So yes. I don't I don't want to take up too much of your time. But <laughs> is it all right if I just give you a little kiss kiss on this on the cheek? Oh sure, okay. sure. Oh, that's the kiss on cheek sound. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Ready? <laughs> okay, right there. Okay. Yep. Oh, adorable. <laughs> now we're going steady. Huh? <laughs> Should I move my things in? What? I think I, I, I have I don't have a lot of stuff, just an Xbox and I've got some uh, I've got some clothes that I need to bring over. I'll you have like to move my Xbox out. You're gonna have to <laughs> Okay, this is this is this is where uh, outer space just gets really confusing to me. It's it's more, more things to learn about. I'll have to come back and, and uh, discover uh, all these uh, exciting things that you're talking about. So what? So what drew you up to the to outer space was the was the song that was playing. So you you did you enjoy did you enjoy Ben's Ben's music? Yes. Well, once we realized it was music, first of all there was an earthquake. But then but then once we checked it out, we realized there were all these silly creatures making this wonderful, fun, fraggly music, and we just had to join in. Excellent. It was, it was awesome playing playing with you, silly creatures. I hope there's a chance to do more. I'd love to play a gig. <laughs> play some gigs together. Do you have Do you have gigs? We we uh well. 
We do lots of music, if that's what you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, gigs yeah. where you all get together at a certain time, play music, Ooh. people show up, it's quite a ritual. On oh, yes, all the time in Fraggle Rock. Awesome. Hey, you know what? You are invited to play a gig in Fraggle Rock anytime you want. In fact, you guys were so awesome with your music, I'm going to have to make you honorary Fraggles. What? Wow. I'm just going to say that you, you can do the, the, uh, the solemn oath of the Fraggles, and then you can be honorary Fraggles. You ready? Okay, you ready? Okay, okay. now repeat after me. Okay. Weeba, weeba. Weeba, weeba. Waffa, waffa. Waffa, waffa. Garpox gumbage. Garpox gumbage. You're honorary Fraggles, and you're welcome to come to Fraggle Rock anytime you want. We will take you up on that. Thank you so much, Red yes, Fraggle. It yes. was delightful to see you. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> what? Oh, I was nothing. What? I, I was nothing. Can I go swimming now? Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by Stamps.com. Go to Stamps.com, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Nerdist for a $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale and $55 of free postage. That's Stamps.com. Enter the promo code NERDIST.